When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. As always, happy Balls McWednesday. Let's get it cracking. First things first. First hour. Not a first. Recorded. Had to be. We're at the coaches' luncheon right now. Tom, myself, the War Chant crew, and the rest of the beat. As football gets underway, we've got to be there, right? So the luncheon happens, and today we get an opportunity to sit down and talk to the assistant coaches that culminates at the end beginning at one o'clock as we traverse our way back to the studios for hour number two mike norvell will take to the dais and have his opening press conference for the season now we just saw mike a week ago and we had lengthy conversations with him and he spoke to a number of outlets obviously at the acc kickoff and said pretty much whatever it is he's going to say today so That's the good news. Us missing that doesn't mean we won't have clips from it. Doesn't mean we're missing anything uh, that we haven't heard already. But we did need to be there for this first hour, hence this hour being recorded. Okay, got that caveat out of the way. Recorded earlier today. In fact, just hours before we start the show. Anyhow, so still fresh content. And on the heels of all that happened yesterday, hopefully you had an opportunity to watch Iris Chaffel, Tom Wang moderate the uh, performance in the conversation, I guess I should say, from Peter Collins, uh, the head of the Board of Trustees. I thought there were interesting comments in that. I think, you know, most notably stating that the grant of rights deal is not going to be the thing that stands in the way of Florida State uh, brokering the best possible deal for this program, for this athletic department financially. And that's what this is about, not falling uh, further and further behind those you seek to compete with on an annual basis for national football, uh, for, for, I should say, not, not only conference championships, but national championships. And that's, and that's, you know, really what this is about. It's not any more complicated than that. I find something interesting, Tom. I want to get this out of the way at the top as I bring you in now. I think that one of the things you find out when you go on, I went on with Andy Staples last night after you guys did your thing. He used clips from that that I know you sent him. And I had the conversation with him. I've had this conversation with Chuck Oliver in Atlanta. I've had this conversation with the folks down in South Florida. 
I've had this conversation on a lot of shows, and whether it's you or it's me or it's I or it's Corey or it's whoever it is, having the conversation with other outlets and other groups of people representing different fan bases in different regions of the country, something really stands out, and there is this sort of protection uh, mode that fans go into uh, of other teams and other conferences. Uh, there's a hostility that is involved when this discussion takes place. There's an othering that goes on. It almost is similar to what you see in politics. Uh, when in doubt, if you're a politician, never answer the question that was asked of you, but rather the one you wished had been asked of you is what I always bring up. But I also point out that it's also really easy to say, well, the reason you haven't made it is because of that guy. You should hate those people. They're the reasons that you're not getting by the way you want to. Watch this in college football. It's the same thing. It is amazing. The second Florida State, very simply, states that the current arrangement as we sit now in the ACC is untenable financially for them and that this is not going to work and that they can't sit idly by till 2036 in the hopes that they can fundraise their way to being equal on the playing field. The second Florida State does that, there is an immediate blowback from fan bases, not just within the ACC, but the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12. It's astonishing how defensive people get about one program stating that this is not in our best interest. It's comical. They're angry. And I don't know if it's fear which would be the arrogant approach to take as a pro Florida state guy. Uh, I would say, you know, we're not worried about your feelings. And if we come to your conference and are on equal playing fields financially, we'll probably beat you because that's all we've ever done is kick your ass repeatedly. But people don't want to hear that. And that's not usually the approach I take. That would be one way. And it would elicit an ugly response, uh, but no more ugly than the responses we get already uh, at the mere mention that Florida State might want to leave a situation that is in no way feasible in the coming years, whether you want to say months, years, a decade, whatever you want to label the timeline, it's not okay for Florida State to remain as is. And that's all they're saying. They're saying it loudly. They're saying it often. And it makes people angry. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I thought last night when we were going to have Peter Collins on, there was a little chit chat before the show started. Nothing crazy and nothing off the record that was spicy or anything. But just judging by the temperature, I wasn't sure how much he was going to give. You know, early the first couple of questions, he, he mentions that independent of, you know, TV contracts, Florida State's top five in the Big Ten and revenue generated as an athletic department and a budget set, all that kind of stuff. Same thing in the SEC. Like, little parts that we heard from the board of trustees meeting months ago. So I thought, is that as far as we're going to go here? But the thing that was the headline to me is that not only did Peter Collins put his arms around what he said earlier about the grant of rights, but then he squeezed his arms around whatever <laughs> he was squeezing a little bit tighter to say, look, I, unequivocally, this is not going to be the thing that holds us back. And I agree with you. I, I don't understand why people go nuts over the fact that Florida State realizes that a $29 million deficit or a $35 million annual deficit is going to bring us to a place where we can't compete. Right. You know, that's not, and Peter said it himself. That's not breaking news. I'm not breaking news by saying that revenue sharing based on performance is not enough. No. 
Fair enough. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the whole world would agree with that. Uh, if you're operating at 30 million less, you're going to have to pull resources from somewhere else in order to try and keep up with football, which is why this is a move that is not for football. It's for everything. Yeah, football's included in everything. But if Florida State was to stay exactly where they are right now, change nothing, and they win enough that they get those performance bonuses from the ACC, all right, football could survive, I think, for several years, you know, four or five, but everything else will slowly get whittled down to nothing. If you like Florida State sports that are not football, those are going to get stripped down to bare bones as we try to keep the football thing together because that's the primary moneymaker, and we all know that. So if if you care about any Florida State sport at all, which certainly a, a chairman of the board of trustees would, if you, ca you care about everything to do with Florida State, then the move has to happen. So they're telling us that it has to happen, that the grant of rights is not going to hold us back from making it happen. Now it just comes down to when, and for, I think from our perspective, What's the number going to be? How much does it take for us to make the move from A to B? And that B could be the SEC or the Big Ten. ton of internet lawyers who respond immediately to tell you that it's not possible. I find it fascinating when I go and bother to look at the responses to my interview with Andy Staples or your discussion with Peter Collins, uh, how quickly people weigh in, letting us all know it's just not possible, according to Chris and Tempe. And, you know, that's fascinating to me that that folks want to believe that to be true. They have no basis for that, but they want that to be true. That's the underlying point I'm making here is that how fascinating it is that people are disgusted by the idea of Florida State trying to wrangle out of this. That is either jealousy, fear, combination of the two, perhaps self-loathing uh, is involved there as they root for a program that has never been on playing with Florida State. I'm not sure, but it is a consistent, it's a constant reminder that as you ascend and as you get back into the larger discussion of championships and competing at the highest levels, you are embraced by the hatred of everybody else who can't. And that's beautiful. That's another indicator we're getting closer. Right. It's the answer to the question that is sometimes you just hear in passing. You know, it's a dismissive, but like, what do you care? You know, like, so if you say to Chris, what do you care? If you really get down to the core as to why they're typing these things into mm -hmm. a social media outlet, it is anger, anger based in what, you know, and, and you just keep going and unraveling or peeling the layers of the onion. I think it is a fear that if Florida State, for most of these people, it is a fear that if Florida State is operating on some equal level, you know, some of these athletic departments have, and they always will, generational head starts on Florida State as an institution. So there's going to be some bells and whistles that an Alabama has or an LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, USC, so and so forth that Florida state just won't ever catch up to because they started earlier. But if you give us a TV contract, that's on the level, man, oh man, look at what Florida state is doing right here, right now with the football program operating at the deficit they are and operating with a bit of a late start in the NIL game. Florida state has ascended exponentially compared to, I think, a lot of our expectations the last couple of years when NIL became a thing. They're doing that right now with a deficit. God help college football if we get on the level. God help college sports because Florida State as an athletic department will be, I'm not going to say unstoppable, but they're going to be at the top of each of the sports that they want to be a part of. 
Amazing how this mirrors another controversial discussion that people don't like to have. It is rather interesting, time and again, to see it uh, to play out that way, where fear and anger rule the day, as opposed to just a logical discussion about the best possible ways to go about, in this case for Florida State, uh, extricating yourself from survival situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just not a it, it's 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 not a rational response. It is curious. It's why I bring it to people's attention. It's like, get ready. Uh, this is coming. And oh, by the way, Florida State's going to be good. And that only adds fuel to the fire of this discussion. It only threatens more. Uh, as you continue to get better and you're able to do something about it and your brand continues to grow and is seen once again in a positive light by networks who would deem Florida State to be an asset, the more the intense hatred that you get back from others, from outside the program, for those that, for whatever reason, have an emotional investment in this. Now, I find all of it interesting. I'm just kind of documenting as we go along for the ride where it's at right now. And we're at an interesting stage. It's a newer stage, both on and off the field. It is a ever-changing climate, which is great, which is great. It certainly gives us an awful lot to document. It gives us context. It gives us fodder for sports talk shows and to write about. Certainly, it's our job to cover this and be a part of it in the sense that we relay these stories and these moments back to our listeners and our readers. And I, I think, you know, it certainly beats the hell out of going over the depth chart for the 15th time. So <laughs> I get excited about all of this in a way that maybe um, I don't about some of the things that, that have been redundant. And, and it's our job to do both. But I'm just telling you, I'm more excited about this. It's, it's a lot of fun. This is the only time in our lifetime that Florida State is going to choose, like, forevermore. You know, I get it that 30 years ago they had a decision to make between the ACC and the SEC, and depending on how you talk to, there were real options, not real options. I don't, I don't really care to re-legislate that. But I think we all agree, we, well, we both agree, that this is where it's going. You're going to get to a power two in terms of the power structure. At some point, there's going to be a leadership figure or council or something for this level of college football. It'll reorganize and it'll look something like a semi-pro league or a professional league outright. Like That's going to be the reorganization. I don't think Florida State is going to have to choose their destiny the way that they have to right now, singularly pretty much, ever again. Because once this thing gets to the next place, which is the power two, then I think it's just about you're going to get more regional because the TV networks are going to get together with the with the sport and you'll divvy everything up equally and it'll be much like an NFL league on Saturdays. So it perhaps, it, um, that's why I'm saying it's not redundant because I think this is it. This is the last time they're going to have to make a decision like this. Yeah, and perhaps that is the root of the anger because in the giant game, the bigger picture, the 13,000 feet picture of musical chairs – if Florida State claims one of the chairs, yeah. that's one less chair for right. those other schools who are lesser assets. Yeah. And the when that happens, it's one more step towards are we going to be left out? So right. you can almost throw an ism on that, right? Are we going to be left out ism is what <laughs> kind of goes on on the internet, right? I yeah. think that that's kind of where that goes. And it's fascinating because if you root for Arizona, that's a fair question. You could be left out. You're Arizona. Nobody cares about you. Right. You have to hope that you're part of the big 48 or whatever it becomes. You may or may not be. I don't know. You're Arizona. Now, I'm not taking pot shots at Arizona, but they are who they are. So you can do this with lots of teams. 
You don't have to do it with Clemson. You don't have to do it with Florida State. They'll be part of the larger 48. But that's, that's possibly 10 years down the road, Tom. And what Florida State is saying, we don't have that kind of time or we'll become Arizona. Yeah, and, and that was the one question I asked in the first part to Peter was about what kind of runway are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. If you're talking about impossible, um, if you're talking about you know using giant words to say that this is just past due. Okay, well, when is when is it actually too late? That's basically what I wanted to ask him. When is it too late for you to act? Now, I know he's not going to give me a total straight answer because then that sets a leverage point for them that they don't want to be out there. But he says it depends on who you talk to. Some say five years and some say today. Some say tomorrow. Yeah, that, that is a good answer, Tom. I give him credit for that because he's telling you every day we're here is one day too many without yeah. saying it. Yeah. yeah, correct. Now, the question is, and I'm the guy who the moment that the Texas-Oklahoma thing happened, I'm like, all right, in the next few years, we're going to be fine. We'll make a decision. The more that they're talking, they could be bluffing about this year. They could be. Like, well, even I don't think it's all of this it, right. So I was going to say these these events. Do you believe str more strongly that before August the 15th of this year, they'll have made a declaration and, and a decision? Well, OK, I that's different. more. But I still think that that might not be this year. Honestly. No, I don't. So you think the meeting we're talking about the meeting on the 15th? Well, I'm talking. They've got one today at three o'clock, and yeah, then they've got a deadline on the fifteenth. They can schedule a meeting anytime they want to if they want to pop up and make a decision. I'm starting to think that they might do it a little bit more this year. I think we're going to be fine in general. We're going to a power two, but I mean, damn, the language is getting really, really aggressive right here, right now. If they start barking like this next year, nobody's going to believe them. So that's where uh, this is. If they're bluffing, it's one hell of a bluff. Well, they, they don't have a lot of people who believe them now. And that's right. part of the anger as well. A lot of people think they're lying. A lot of people thinking think that they're making a public spectacle with nothing to back it up. That That is the belief of people who discount Florida State's noise in the system, is that this is just a bunch of guys popping off, uh, obviously in their own self-interest, not thinking about the rest of the conference. Suddenly, everybody becomes um, awfully concerned about what the other schools in the ACC are going to do. It is hilarious to watch that play out. Um, but But the point would be, they don't believe, and it's you know it's like when we get into these debates about people who will reference something. I'm like, that's pseudoscience. Show me the proof. <laughs> you get a lot of pseudoscience out there where people will say, "Oh, I, it's unbreakable." Are you an attorney? Do you know that to be the case? You don't, do you? Okay, well then don't say that. Stop saying that. Um, here, here's the deal. It's not easy. If it were easy, Florida State would have already done it. Yeah. It's not completed. If it were completed this wouldn't be a public spectacle. They'd go about their business and not say a word, as you pointed out yesterday. Uh, or Ira might have pointed it out. Sorry, don't want to credit the wrong guy, but it's one of us brilliant war chant people. So the point would be that, uh, yes, we know there's still a lot of work to do, but it's also very evident that that work is being done. And to the point where he refers to the grant of rights and having a handle on it to mean we see opportunities within the grant of rights. Well, my goodness gracious, yeah. that is a very different phrasing than we've got a handle or we're looking into it. We've sought counsel on it. No, no. When you say we see the opportunities within it, mm -hmm. you're basically saying you found an out if need be to challenge in court. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing to me. You know, we've been doing a lot of stuff on conference realignment the last six months. 
because it's a hot topic and Florida State can't stand Pat. The moment they went, you know, in the board of trustees meeting on the record and said what they said, oh, it's on. In a sense, it's on. It's just, even though we were doing that, I would have listed percentage chances of doing something this year at, at a low percent. Next year, much higher. The year after that, certainly, if they hadn't done anything. Yeah, it's by 25 or 26, the number's going to get there where they can most certainly afford it and they could spin this thing off and go. I just have to say, I didn't expect to hear that much, yeah. that aggressive type of language last night to where I, I personally, I'm increasing the chances that it might happen in the next two weeks. I don't know. This could all be a tactic and, it, and it's and it's a big nothing. But man, I guess my point is we're not making stuff up. This guy's going on the record and speaking big, big time things about the grant of rights. He's and the future of the board of trustees. He, you know, it's it's. If it doesn't work, it doesn't. It doesn't work out. He'll have egg on his face. Not you and me, right? Not Orchand. It'll be him. Um, and and we certainly have to document when the chair uh, chair of the board of trustees says things like this. But will he if they don't do something by August sixteenth of this? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think that this was to preface a grand announcement on the six. I don't think so. No, I I believe uh, that certainly the kind of give and take of that conversation that we'll also get to see might include the subject matter of realignment and four states place in all of this, but I don't believe there will be a declaration. By the way, one moment ago, you did a good job of accidentally quoting Tupac when you said it's on. I was about to say, because I said so, which is a great lyric by him, but it's a good place to point out that I, I love that you worked that in there by accident. Jeff Cambridge show 93, three real talk radio, war chant TV. He's still alive. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
Cameron Show, 93.3 and Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Fun times for Florida State. I don't know, like, as we speak right now to the coaches uh, at the luncheon, I, I, I'm going to first guess here before we get over there, Tom, that, um, God, what an eager anticipation this must be. I mean, you know, it's uh, when, you're, when you're thoroughly prepared for something, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting moment to see it come to fruition. You know, when you, I know you've had to speak publicly. We do every day on the air. That's different than standing before an audience and giving a speech. I know you've done that and so have I. When you're thoroughly prepared and the moment arrives, it doesn't mean you don't have butterflies. It doesn't mean you're not concerned of your how you'll perform. But it also includes an eagerness to let fly what you have put so much effort into and to be able uh, to showcase uh, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into this moment where you're going to, you think, you hope, perform admirably. And I think it's especially true of athletics. Like when you get an opportunity to showcase after all of this training, all of this work, whether it be technique or endurance or strength, when you have that kind of buy-in as a team, the way this group does, and you're a coach presiding over your segment group, you can't wait. Now, you won't tell them that on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday at practice, but you can't wait to watch this continue to grow, blossom, and shine in that opening game. And as the season unfolds, this is your opportunity uh, for having put in that hard work. And now here they sit on the precipice today of camp beginning, and they have something to say about it. They have something that they can do about it. When you don't have the requisite weaponry, to get it done and you're going to a gunfight with a knife, you got a real problem. When you have equal uh, armament, you can't wait to showcase what you guys have done to refine that. And I think if I'm the coaches right now, this is, this is like Christmas, man. You're a kid in a candy store because let's just say, you know, I'm Ron Dugans and that's my wide receiving core. Holy moly, do I have options, man. I can't wait to watch this defense struggle with the dynamic elements of what I have in this segment group. If I'm Alex Atkins and I'm, I got 12 fighting for five and competition is at its peak every day. And I'm getting the most out of some physically gifted monsters. I can't wait to unleash that fury. If I'm one of these five running backs, that's going to get a lot of playing time and I'm healthy and ready to go. Yeah, sure. Trey Benson may be atop the mountaintop here, but these other four guys know they can play and they're going to get carries. It's a matter of, where they sit in that depth chart and how many of those carries they're going to get. And on and on we go, whether it's the defensive line or secondary where there are a lot of bodies, this is, this is different than it's been. Yeah. I think, you know, coaches can miscalculate. They have done so a, a bunch in Florida state's recent history. And, you know, everybody feels like an idiot when that happens. You can lie to yourself. Sure. Yeah. The thing about this season that's so unique is just how many players you have returning. You know, so the basis of expectation is built upon things you've seen already as a fan and as a coach. So I think it's it, we're reliably assuming that Florida State, at worst case, if they're healthy, is going to win nine games. And that would be a disappointing year. But I mean, they're not going to win eight if they're healthy. It'll be nine, 10, 11 or 12. We got and a different conversation we're having at the end of an eight win season this year, Tom. A very different conversation. Yeah, 100 percent. And I don't think it's going to be nine. Don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm just saying because you ha it's not like you're breaking in eight new starters uh, across both sides of the ball at key positions. Yeah, you've got some replacements, but they're from the portal or they're they're veterans and, and they've proven it at the collegiate level. 
like that's where I think that we begin the conversation, which is you've proven that you can do X. Can you take it to the next level and do Y? And that's what this is about. The other things that that I've seen, especially at Charlotte, it looks like the core of this team, when you're talking about leadership, it's set, it's healthy. You know, the offense and the defense like each other. Certainly their two captains do, unofficially speaking, and Jared Verse and Jordan Travis, they were cutting it up the whole time that they were there in Charlotte. Yeah. And they were FaceTiming other players like Trey Benson. And he's definitely a leader on this group. Like every position group that you want to look to for Florida State this year, uh, if you're not talking special teams, you're just talking offense, defense, they have a veteran who's been here forever in this program at at least, you know, the two deep at some place, if not outright starting. So that's the good news. You have stability. The thing that the second part of Charlotte that has me wondering, are the assistant coaches going to echo this? Mike Norvell just looks so confident because of the work that they've put in, it looks like he is genuinely impressed that they handle their business in the off season. He gave that off at the end of spring job. Well done kind of energy. He gave it off again next week. There wasn't any darting of the eyes. If you want to use an old Jimboism, he didn't see very many points of weakness where he's like, oh, well, you know, we've got to clean that up. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. He, he looks very assured that they set a, an itinerary before the players and some goals and they met those goals, and now it's time to do the next thing, which is camp. It's the it's the coolest moment for a coach. It's a it's a nerve wracking moment for a player, though, and uh, that'll be interesting to watch play out. I mean, when you get players on edge competing, it's the best for us as observers. Uh, but it's it's tough as a player because there's so much talent. You have got to be on it every day. The intensity, the focus, and the violence. It's every day, man. And uh, it's a finite period. It's a very short period of time yeah. with which to make your case. And that is what you're striving for. That's uh, I remember you and I having the conversation about how violent LSU's defense was a few years ago, a number of years ago. It was actually before that Joe Burrow season um, because the Joe Burrow season is legendary for its offensive prowess and, yeah. uh, and, and, and unreal numbers that they posted. The, the previous great LSU team – was the one that was ferocious defensively. And every time you looked up, you thought, well, that could be a penalty. They're just hitting everybody really, really hard. And when those guys had a chance to talk about it, whether it was the Honey Badger or anybody else, they would all say, well, that's, that's born out of practice because every guy here is cutthroat trying to take my job. And so I got to bring it every day. They're not quite at that level of elitism. Yeah. But they're, I mean, there's a level now that is way above where they've been I think camp will, I think, in many ways, reflect that intensity. Yeah, so uh, the redundancy of the depth chart, right? I just released a, an exhaustive depth chart on the That's site right. yesterday. Uh, it was going through offense, defense, even some special team stuff, which, you know, spoiler on that, that's wide open kind of across the board, unless your name is Mastromano. Yeah. Everything else is kind of wide open. But I think it is freshmen that could push you, a group of freshmen that could push you to that elite level that you're talking about. You can't count on that. You cannot count on that. But if you have some of the members of the secondary that are freshmen and have body types that are already fit for upper-level Power 5 football and it clicks on for a, a K.J. Kirkland or a Quindarius Jones or a Conrad Hussey who will be entering his first camp, and then at linebacker, if Blake Nicholson can be somebody who, again, doesn't have to play every down but is a reliable backup to go with Omar Graham, like you're going to need a couple of those types of players to emerge in order for us to get in that conversation that you're talking about with practice depth and, you know, the fear of losing a job if you're in Akeem Dent or Shaheen Brown, we're nowhere close to that. We're nowhere close to that at the second level. 
But if you have a few freshmen stand out, you can get there pretty quickly. Receiver, too, with Vandravis. Well, I, was just I think you are there on offense at some positions for sure. The offensive line, I think you're there for the second and third. Well, the third receiver position, yeah. I think you're there to some degree in terms of reps at tight end. I think you're there, you know, like I said, at running back uh, in terms of reps. You know, who's getting yeah. second and third reps? Yeah, I, I, you're, you're yeah. definitely there. Yeah. So that's uh, where we're not there is at starting quarterback. But I'll tell you what, second and third string quarterback, that's a battle. That's a real battle. I'm not assuming that um, Rodemaker has got that locked up as we get into the season. I, I, I think that there's real talent in that group now that will continue to push it. It'll only improve when Cromanhawk gets here later on. Uh, not this year, obviously, but when that happens, I, I think that will be exciting as well because there's there are guys that I think will push him. Uh, going into the season, certainly, I think Tate's your backup. But uh, as the season goes on, I'll be curious to see because I think those guys are going to get opportunities to play. I know people love golf analogies out there. Uh, it's Sunday morning. Tate Rodemaker is the leader and because Jordan's in his own world. So Tate is the leader. How many shots of a lead does he have on a Sunday morning to be the backup? Yeah, he's, he's a guy that's maybe one – uh, the 3M Open uh, mm -hmm. or the Wyndham. Right. Uh, he's never won a major. This is the 3M. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. He's he's yeah. only you know he's he's been all right in moments. He's been kicking around that you know he's making cuts, but you don't think yeah. of him as a killer. Right. And now he has a uh, two shot lead on a Sunday. Wow. Yeah, only I see. I'd have him around a four shot lead. I, I think yeah, it's. I think it's I, I can see. Yeah, on the upper reaches, I might give you four. Three, um, I just, you know, I, I root for Tate because there's a real ability there to spin it. Yeah. Uh, he's a good athlete too. Yep. Very good athlete. I just, he, you know, they're, they're, he is so up and down and, and it's so strange to watch. He can be great. He can be terrible. Up until the Louisville game last year, he was nothing but terrible all the time. Yeah. Until he wasn't in that moment. But that's one moment. So I just find it fascinating. I think it's a little bit closer than people realize. Yes, it's Tate's to lose. Yeah. He, and he's, he's got fewer excuses because in practice yeah, now you've got an offensive line with a pulse in the second string. He's been here a hundred years. He knows the offense. He's behind a good offensive line. He's got weapons behind him. They're loaded at wide receiver. They finally have tight ends. If he's bad now, you got to go. Well, yeah, I'm talking about, you know, when we get to practice report time, not necessarily game performance, but, you know, if Tate has rough days in practice, assuming that the offensive line is completely healthy, which I'm yeah. going to, you know, assume that Robert Scott comes back into the fold, and whether he's in the rotation out the gate as a one or not, that's still a too deep, and, and Tate will be running with a good left tackle uh, protecting his blind side in practice, and you've got Armella and Lucas Simmons, and I mean, like, so you've got a lot of pieces. Yeah, dudes, man. Right. So if you perform poorly in practice with these dudes, you've got fewer excuses to your point because of the experience. But then also, you know, if we had a bad day with a second string offense a year ago in fall camp, that's understandable. We don't really have a whole lot of veteran options who can block things, yeah. you know, especially when Bless Harris goes down. Like everything got pressed uh, and Caden Lyles wasn't available. The second team offensive line wasn't very good last year. In this camp, it's going to be good. And the other part of it that gets really fun, I know you were privy to it too, but how effusive was Jordan Travis in his praise of Brock Glenn? I mean, he talked about him an awful lot. I asked a question. I asked one. But, you know, he could give it a five-word answer and then go to the everyman. Well, AJ's doing a great job. Tate's 
he was effusive about what Brock Glenn is. How could he not be, Tom? We saw it. We got a snapshot of it. We saw how quickly that kid took to the offense, how quickly that kid made right decisions, how physically he looked the part. I don't know how you can't be effusive in your praise of Brock Glenn. Now, is he prepared to start this year or get out there and play a, a ton of football? Probably not. Probably not. It seems unreasonable an expectation for a freshman, a true freshman. But damn, man, that kid took to it rather easily. And if that's the kind of progress you see in one spring camp yeah. as an early enrollee, imagine what he's going to be, you know, with an off season to continue to study and work with these guys and then a full fall camp. Yeah. He could come a long ways. He could. And, and look, you never want to put a kid on a pedestal just to knock him down at the growth at this level. Your first year on campus is probably a steady climb, but there might yeah, be it's not linear, long way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not completely linear. But, I mean, when you've got tools and people are talking and, and Brock has the tools to make the throws and he looks as calm as he does. But then you've got a veteran quarterback who's been a whole uh, through a whole lot in his career saying, I'm wowed by his maturity. Damn. So you've got the mind for it. The speed isn't too fast for you. And then you're taking care of business behind the scenes. Yeah, man. When, when the second and third team are on the field and the fourth team in Brock's case, when you're watching these reps, this is a battle and it's not going to stop because camp ends. It's going to continue on through practice to see who could be the second guy off the bench. Who's who's under more pressure? Tate Rodemaker holding off those trying to take the second spot at quarterback or A.J. Duffy trying to remain at the very least third on the depth chart? A.J. Duffy, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Hunter Deckers amongst four linked with Iowa State gambling, charged with tampering. Here we go, guys. Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers has been accused of betting on events involving Iowa State. Not good. Including a 2021 football game. Really not good. And is among four current or former athletes at the university charged with tampering with records related to ongoing investigations by the Iowa Criminal Division. Really, really, really not good. Mm. An affidavit included with the criminal complaint filed on Monday in the Iowa District Court for Story County alleges that approximately 300, Tom, 366 bets <laughs> totaling close to $3,000 were placed on DraftKings Sportsbook account linked to Deckers, including 26, 26 bets on Iowa State sporting events. The affidavit alleges that he bet on Iowa State football against Oklahoma State. It's the old Pete Rose defense, but I bet on my own team. Deckers did not play in the Big 12 contest. That helps. And the affidavit does not reveal which team or what type of bet he made on the game. Well, maybe he bet against him. I don't know. The Cyclones did win the game 24-21. Uh, it also alleges that Deckers was under 21, the legal betting age in Iowa, so he's underage gambling, Ooh. when most of the bets were placed, but that he disguised his identity with the help of his parents. Oh. What are we doing out here, Scott and Jamie Decker? Get it together. 
DraftKings did not respond to a request for comment. Deckers is a junior. He started all 12 games last season for the Cyclones. Was their expected starter for 2023? His attorney said the quarterback will plead not guilty to the charge. In the meantime, he will, however, step away from the team. The reason being he'd like to focus on his studies. Uh, okay. <laughs> So other than that, he's fine. Yeah. You know? Iowa State opens the season against Northern Iowa, who's a little froggy. That Northern Iowa club has given some teams trouble over the years in the state of Iowa. The school lacks a lot of proven depth behind Deckers. They'll have to go with redshirt freshman Rocco Beck. And uh, that wouldn't be good. Uh, so we'll see from here. The NCAA recently updated its penalties for student athletes who violate its gambling policy. Those who bet on their own games or other sports at their school face a loss of collegiate eligibility, which seems completely fair to me, by the way. Yeah. That's very different than I play for Florida State. I bet on the Celtics to win by two last night, right. as opposed to I play for Florida State and I'm betting on the Knowles. This is a problem. Uh, current Iowa State athletic uh, Athletics, Pinero Johnson, a sophomore wrestler, and Dodge, these names, Dodge Saucer. These two names, Pinero Johnson and Dodge Saucer. Both great names. Dodge Saucer is the best of names. Uh, anyhow, he's a sophomore football player. Also, uh, former Cyclones football player, uh, Ua Kazerki. Uh, which I didn't say properly, also have been charged with tampering with records and aggravated misdemeanor. Uh, these kids basically, uh, Saucer, Dodge Saucer, made approximately 113 online bets at over $3,000. He bet on 12 Iowa State football games. So that would be all of them, Alex. Johnson, who won a Big 12 wrestling title last year as a freshman, is alleged to have placed about 1,283 bets. <laughs> I like this Johnson character. Man. He bet $45,000. I hope this part of it is known. This part with these two kids, the Johnson saucer, you know, issue. You yeah. just call it the Johnson saucer issue. Well, it's uh, like uh, early explorers. Uh, you know, yeah. that's the Johnson saucer expedition, is it not? Uh, Johnson, yeah. who won a Big 12 wrestling title last year, is a guy I'd like to have a beer with. That's not in the story. I'm letting you know that because my man, again, had 1,283 bets at over $45,000, 25 bets on Iowa State athletic events. My man loves Iowa State, believes in Iowa State, and goes to the sports bar with his buddies, large pitchers of beer, and we're throwing down out here tonight on a Wednesday, Tom Lang. I want to hang out with my man. Okay, PR and legal team work here. Did you say 25 bets on Iowa State Athletics? Uh, Hold on, hold on. It was uh, the most recent thing you said. Is it 25? 25 bets on Iowa State Athletics. Okay, this is an easy one to defend for that kid. Look. A lot of people have vices in this world. My client, gambling could be considered one. But please consider this as well. If you think it's because of inside knowledge that he's betting on Iowa State, in the over 1,200 bets that he's placed, merely 25, merely 25 have been on Iowa State. This represents a 2% figure. 98% of my client's bets, and he's got a problem. Understand. <laughs> Are not on Iowa State. My man likes the action. <laughs> he likes the action, Tom Lang. I, this is this is a dude. 
hey, he's got a job waiting on him for one of these gambling services if it doesn't wow. work out in his current effort. I mean, my man, come on into the fold and tell everybody about the joys of DraftKings because Lord knows you would know more than most. Yeah, that's Yes, indeed. Uh, what's it like to, you know, if you are trying to influence college kids to become gamblers, this is the guy I want as my influencers. Like, what are they thinking at 19? What are they thinking? Well, let me tell you what they're thinking. First of all, you got a first quarter number here that's yeah. really key. I mean, yeah. he would go list it down. 1,200 bets. Dude, that's four a day. That's also in, four a day in a yeah, year. He's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, go big or go home, Tom. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, by he's the way, not going big. He's going incremental. You gotta, you gotta bet in bulk, by the way, to really win. So this is how this works. Uh, that's ten games, twelve games every Saturday. You got a lot of action. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, now the NCAA's got a problem with it, as 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 they do, but. Uh, Again, I, I have to be impressed with Panero Johnson and Dodge Saucer. If we ever make it to Des Moines, I want to hang out with Dodge and Panero. Uh, I'll give you a call and I'll I'll stream it. Hey, Tom, I'm with Dodge and Panero. We're getting loose, baby. We got all kinds of action on the games tonight here in Des Moines. <laughs> it's Johnson Saucer Saturday in Des Moines. Let's go. Yeah. Um, some of these kids are not going to come back from this. This no, is, this is no, they're not going to make it tough. Let the lesson be learned. It's just like when you go into a casino, it is more than the movie casino, which is really dated now in terms of surveillance. There's facial recognition. There's all kinds of crazy stuff to make sure that they're not getting cheated. Even yeah. though they do cheat, they cross that line a little bit against you. Doesn't matter. They're the house. They set the rules. If you think that that's different, just because you download an app instead of walking to a casino or a sports book, you are mistaken, young men. Quite you clearly. Are, you are gravely mistaken. They're watching. So can we circle back in the remaining couple of minutes we have in this segment? His parents like the juice. The one guy's parents like the juice. How crazy is it that a, an NCAA athlete at Iowa State calls mom and dad and says, hey, I want to get down on this game tonight, but I'm underage. Can we work something out here where you'll vouch that I'm 21 or I'll lie about my you know, birth certificate, whatever it is? Because they're included in all of this. That is crazy. The With the aid of his – allegedly, with the aid of his parents. Yeah. Holy I don't know where, moly, this is a family of addicts. Yeah, I, I don't know where he went to high school, but I do know that his house was the prom after party that everybody wanted to go to. Yeah. Judging by his parents' behavior on just gambling. 100% his parents are the parents that operated under the philosophy, my kids are going to drink anyhow, why not have them under my roof when they do? Yep. And they took it a step further my kids are going to drink anyhow. I'd rather them be here than anywhere else, and I'll provide the alcohol. That's, That's right. the step that they've taken. And I'll slam a few with them. I've been to that party. <laughs> I've been to that party. Mr. Koya. Mr. Koya was slamming them back. And it's like, hey, hey. Couldn't you be somewhere else? Like, this doesn't feel right. Like, I, I appreciate the hookup here, my man, but shouldn't you kind of be somewhere else? This is Come not over here, Tommy Lang. Yeah. Let's get us one. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Yeah, that always felt uncomfortable when you went to that house. You're yeah. like, yeah, I think your parents have crossed over into that not cool thing. Like, it's all right when they look the other way on some things, and that's nice because they remember being kids too. Now they're dealers. Now we're kind of, 
It's just not good. Now. I think, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are, are you chasing your glory days or are you letting us live ours? I, I, I don't. Yeah. I think it might be the former. I think that's why you're standing here on the island in the kitchen. You're supposed to be accused of living vicariously through your son, not actually living with your son doing those things out. This we gotta we gotta move on from this part, or this ain't gonna get it done. You know what, guys? I know it's crazy. I, I think I wanna leave. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. I think we should. We should leave. I know. We're, it's a shame to leave this fridge behind. Go ahead, sneak some into your bag, but we need to get out of here. Yeah, no, you get uncomfortable. You, you're like, this is we've gone too far here, Dad. <laughs> Dad, can I have a grand to bet on the Cyclones this weekend? You bet, son. What's the bet? I want, hey, let me in on the juice. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.